I'm like, I was so close. I'm like, what would be the real life consequences of just turning around? Of just turning around and <laughs> going, back, going back up and not going hunting for a couple more days. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look. Here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I I think some apologies are in order. That's one of my mom's top ten hated songs. Really? Yes. That song? Yes. Wow. How come? Uh, wouldn't that come out like mid '90s, something like that? Did it? Junior Brown is the Junior artist. Brown. Well, I remember they had a stint on the radio at some point, so I don't know if it was maybe older. Okay. But um, my mom is not a fan of country music, really, which is odd where we're from because oh. that's kind of yeah, that is odd to listen to. Okay. But yeah, she just went on this rant. Have you heard that stupid Highway Patrol song? I'm like, uh, yeah, I think so. She goes, it's just, it's the, I think how simplistic it was, was what drove her nuts and how like kind of kitschy and kind of cartoonish. That's so great about it. It's, it's pretty good. 93. 93. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That guy is a shredding guitar player. Oh, is he playing guitar too? Junior Brown? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he's known for uh, that, that style as being one of the like, just wonders mm-hmm. on the guitar. Nice. So the bet that I lost with myself mm-hmm. is I was getting ready to hear Michael Damien's rock on nineties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't have the heart, dude. <laughs> yeah. I could have also played uh fucking Kenny, Kenny Rogers, uh, the gambler. <laughs> I really wanted to, I was, I was already in a bad enough mood. I wanted to get this podcast started off on a, on a good foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which I only have one right now. The, the the joke being that I just literally walked in the door what forty five minutes ago, and from hunting, so I've been up. I'm trying to find this bear up there, and the plan that I had is to go up to my folk spot, which is in the bottom of a mountain, and I kind of knew where the bear was bedded down, 
not exactly like somewhere like within this general hillside. Yeah. And my plan was to get to the top of the mountain. I was like, okay, if I got to go up there, I got to wake up at some ungodly hour at my parents' spot in town. And it's another hour and 45. And then before dawn, I need to make it to the top of that mountain because I'm going to hunt them going down towards the lake. And this always happens during hunting. It's just the most random song will get stuck in your head. And it turned out to be <laughs> Michael Damien's Rock On, which was, I believe, on the soundtrack of Dream a Little Dream with Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. It was kind of like a late 80s, like early 90s. Uh, pretty horrific movie. Wow. But um, I, I don't think I've heard that song in 20 years. For whatever reason, that was stuck in my head. Did, and, did you see the video of those tourists running at that bear? No. Dude, it was one of the stupidest things you'll ever see. So here's this pretty big black bear with cubs on the side of the road. Oh, dude, you never want to get around a bear with cubs. So, not, and this is in Yellowstone, but that is a black bear, right? That's not a grizzly. Yeah, it's a black bear. Um, but this is Yellowstone, right? So this is like uh, actual wild... Wild wilderness, I guess. All right. Yeah. So check this out. Look at these idiots. Okay, not there's some guys just standing there. Right. Traffic stop next to the car, which is an okay move, right? You can jump back in your car if you need what to. What are they all staring at? Just they're amazed by a bear? Yeah, I guess so. And it's not even a grizzly bear. Right, which is you'd be hard pressed to get me to stop and stare at a black bear. Yeah. On the side of the road. Okay, so look at this guy. Oh, are you serious? Sprinting at the bear with cubs. And look at the dude behind him with the baby, carrying his little daughter with him. Oh my God. Like, what? What are they trying to do? Are you trying to feed the bear with your daughter? I'm like, <laughs> is that the most retarded we thing? We call you've ever that seen? letting Darwin do his work. Exactly. Uh, I take it that wasn't you this weekend. No. Not only did you not see the bear, but you did not sprint towards it either. <laughs> so I'm stuck in my head. I, on a mountain. Nobody needs this. By myself. In the dark. <laughs> just sitting on a rock going like, you got to be kidding me. I cannot get this song out of my head. <laughs> Michael Damien was also in the uh, soap opera actor. Uh, young and the Restless. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little known fact. Oh, thank you. Uh, what got that in your head? Was it a no line idea. from the song? No idea. Sometimes it's it's something it's something representative. Okay. So you see like an object that gives you a picturesque metaphor, and then the title jumps into your head. Like a rock that might have something rolled like over when you kicked right. it. And then, hey, kids, rock and roll. Damn it! Oh, no! Oh, no, no, no. This is going to last for days. Hey, dude, by the way, cheers. Uh, we got our first YouTube strike. Yes. Huh? Very nice. So tell me about that. I know that uh, bare bones. Well, apparently in our episode, uh, the old Bobcat and the Freezer gag, mm -hmm. um, we talked about Classic. covid and uh, the we well, I guess what we didn't do was repeat the WHO's uh, prescripted narrative uh -huh. on on COVID. It turned out to be right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I just want to issue an apology right now right. for that episode and getting everything wrong. 
I started looking at the strike and I was like, I don't care if we get kicked off of YouTube. I mean, we're barely yeah. on YouTube. So I was like, how do I fuck with that? I was actually kind of stoked when you told me. Because yeah. your first inclination is to go like, well, what we said turned out to be right. Yep. But then the the more rational part of my brain takes over and goes <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, hey, YouTube, strike these nuts, you bunch of fucking globalist bedwetters. <laughs> Who yeah. gives a shit? That's what I want to say too, but I, I don't know how to get a hold of them to tell them that. Yeah. They don't make it easy. No. <laughs> There's no phone number that I can call. <laughs> so I think we just leave it up and they give us another strike and then... Uh, I think we should you know, print that out and frame it and put it here in the studio. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm proud of ourselves. Yeah. Well, we're doing a good job. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work. Exactly. So, um, so getting a bear, I... It's a real bear. <laughs> it's a real bear. Hey. Uh, I was going through the regulations. When you get a deer, you have to tag it. Mm-hmm. And then you got to bring it back. Uh, and then you have to get it like verified. You have to turn your tag, you report your harvest. And that's pretty much it. Uh, with a bear, I was looking, I was like, I should revisit those bear regulations. I remember them being fairly complex and kind of strict. Is to get a bear, you can get them uh, in California, you can get a black bear, male or female. You can't shoot a female with its cubs, mm-hmm. with her cubs. That's just mean. Yes. And then you have to uh, tag the ear. You want to. You have to gut it in the field, like with any harvest, right? Take out, which takes quite a while. And then you have until one business day to get the head off, and or the whole body. But I mean, a bear is like four or five hundred pounds, so you're ostensibly cutting the head off. And before you cut the head off, you have to put a stick in its mouth that keeps its mouth open because rigor mortis sets in. And then... Yeah, you don't want to have bearskin rug with a mouth closed. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then take... So skin it, take all the meat off the skull, take the head off, put a stick in its mouth, and then take it to the nearest... You have one business day to take it to the nearest fishing game place mm-hmm. so they can pull a tooth out of it. Hmm. For some reason, I think that's how they keep track of like the age and the sex and everything. Okay. And then you're off the hook after right. that. Yeah. All right. Wow. That's a lot of work. Yeah. So I'm up on the mountain. I was like, because you go like, you see, I've seen deer before and you go like, oh, like, look at that. But then the first thing you think is like, how am I going to get that thing out of here? Like, that's going to be tough. Like, I'm looking at it like a day and a half of like, you know, taking this thing out in chunks. Yeah. And with the, well, that's why bow hunting is easier though. Because you got you know you're you're taking a shot you know under fifty yards usually. Yeah, and you can tie a string to the end of the arrow, so that oh, and just reel them in like a exactly. fish. Exactly. <laughs> That's why all those uh, hunters and rednecks up north always have winches on the front of their truck, because then that you just use the winch to pull the. It's funny, my stepdad who notoriously overthinks everything because he's <laughs> just like a genius. He's yeah. like the night before okay, I stopped. You and I have that in common. <laughs> yeah, I stopped at my parents' house and we had like dinner, some drinks, and. He's like, what are you going to do if you get that bear? Because it's on their property, and it's kind of destroyed some shit. And my mom was like, get that bear. Like, please get that bear. And I wa- I've always wanted to get a bear. I haven't got one before. And my stepdad's like, you know what you could do if you get that bear is I just put together this chainsaw winch. And then if you get that bear, you can hook up. So what, what I would do is get a couple straps, go from tree to tree, and then a pulley, like a like – a, like a wheel, put that on there to kind of dissipate the load, use the chainsaw winch. You'd probably want to put 
you know, some kind of like stabilizers on the tree if they're smaller trees. So I could have, you know, like I could fire up the forge. We could weld like kind of a gusset bracket kind of a system. <laughs> I'm like, I, I got it from here. <laughs> Let's just, let me see if I can find the bear. Let's not re-engineer the forest. <laughs> if anyone could. Love where your heart's at though. Oh man. Did, uh, you want to hear about the stupid fight I got in last night with my with Gertrude? Sure. So I've been in a terrible mood lately, mm-hmm. and I don't really know why. I think I can kind of attribute it to just, like, becoming an old man. And it's just, like, you know, it happens very slowly and steadily, but mm-hmm. sometimes, like, you get bursts of old manisms mm-hmm. that hit you all at once. And a lot of people would say, like, I'm becoming my dad. I'm becoming my old man. But my old man is not nearly as like annoyed by the world as I am. Yeah. You guys are a lot different. He's very happy, go lucky and just kind of calm. And and I'm not. And, uh, the other night I was, let's see, it was, it was Thursday and junior was at soccer and Gertrude asked me to take care of dinner mm-hmm. but because I had been homeschooling him all day and then trying to get work done. I just didn't have, time or feel like making dinner at right. that point, you know? And so she texted me and said, we're coming home. So if you're going to order pizza or something, now be a good time. Okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. So I call up uh, NY Pie. Yeah. I'm like, hello, NY Pie. It's like, yeah, can I get a pizza delivered? Oh, uh, well, we don't do that anymore. We we go through, um, we go through DoorDash. <laughs> So you got to, you go to our website and you click on delivery and then, and I go, well, I'm on your website right now. That's how I got your phone number. Right. And there's a button for pickup. There's no button for delivery on Mm -hmm. your website. They're like, oh, okay. I got to turn that on. Just refresh your computer in in a couple minutes. You're, you're right. This is like, as soon as they said like, actually you got to go to the website. I would have been like, click. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not doing that. It's. And I'm like, you're, we're on the phone together. Yeah. You you can't just write down what I want and make this fucking happen. You know, and it's just like everything. Like, we're going to have technology solve a problem for you that doesn't exist mm-hmm. for you. There is a problem for us that we're solving. That's that we have too many people that we have to pay to work. So instead, we're going to make you do the work. Just like when you go to the grocery store and you check out your own fucking groceries at the self-checkout. Now you are doing the work. And that's... In the name of convenience, because it's more convenient for you. I also like, love the ir- fuck yourself. I also love the irony of that is that they have they're also paying someone to kind of stand over your shoulder to tell you what your buttons to push. So you can check yourself out. <laughs> like, what what was wrong with the old model when, right. we, we, when you guys just did this? Yeah, just or at least don't tell me it's for my convenience. Yes. All right, so you can save money. Because there are times when it is more convenient. Like this morning at 6 a.m., I went to the grocery store to get cream for coffee. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anyone standing there at the checkout line because there's nobody in the store. Right. So I went self-checkout. One item, beep, pay for it, boom, out the door. Fine. That was more convenient. But uh, every other circumstance, it's not. I want somebody else to do the checking for me. I want to just put all my shit on the conveyor belt, have you do Because inevitably, you you start checking out your own groceries like, what are the chances that it all works and you don't need that person that's standing over your shoulder to come over and fix it or figure something out or, oh, God, it just, it, it just drives me crazy how dishonest it is. And I'm becoming, so this old man kind of, I'm ramping up now my old manism. So I hang up the phone with the NY Pie guy. I go try to refresh the fucking, the website. It's not working. I was like, fuck this. So I call 
Roundtable. Right. Which I also like. And Roundtable, solid pizza. Just has cheese, not changed. Cheese pepperoni, exactly. So you know what you're getting. Has not changed since we were kids. Yes. Uh, my dad worked there in high school. He tells me it has not changed since he was in high school. So you got to respect that. So I call them and it goes straight to voicemail. <laughs> I call them back. It rings once and then it goes to voicemail, like a Verizon voicemail. Sorry, the party you're trying to reach right. uh, has a mailbox. There's not been something like that. I'm just like, what the fuck? So. Then I go, okay, uh, I'll go to DoorDash. I'll just go straight to DoorDash. Because at this point, they're coming home. I have to do something yeah. for dinner. So I go straight to DoorDash um, to find NYPI, since they said they use DoorDash to deliver it. So I'll you just, can go through DoorDash to find specific restaurants? I don't know. You can, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, of course, NYPI is not on their fucking Website. So DoorDash, you can't go through DoorDash to get to NYPI, even though NYPI is using DoorDash to do their deliveries. You are and making me this, homicidal right so, now. <laughs> so then I finally, the I, I happen to have the NYPI website up still, and I notice that the order online button is now showing up. So I'm like, ah, fucking, I hit the button. I go down, and I want to get half one type of pizza, half another type of pizza. How'd that work? You can't fucking do that on the goddamn website. A person you can do that with. I can tell the person in the restaurant, can I have half this and half that? Yes, absolutely. No problem. Very simple. Like a child can figure that out. But the fucking website that is there for my convenience, allegedly, I can't do half and half. I'm just at this point like, mother fuck, shit, fuck, bitch. So I go back to DoorDash and I go straight to the one, the last one that I ordered that I knew would work, which was the Indian food place. And I like do the exact same order as I did last time. And I'm looking at it and it's enough food for the three of us. It's like $65. Right. And at this point, Gertrude pulls up in front of the house. It's taken me like 20 minutes to get to this point. You should have just left. Like she- walked out the back door. <laughs> Where are you going? Here. I quit. Mexico <laughs> I'm starting over so God bless her soul she walks in as before I hit the go button on the fucking door dash and she's like don't stop I'll just go to Whole Foods right now and I'll get a chicken so yeah. she goes to Whole Foods takes her for like literally 10 minutes there and back and she comes back with this awesome like roasted chicken that costs $10 yeah. there you go whole chicken and she fucking saved the day God I'm just like so anyways I'm in this terrible mood. And then the very next day, my fucking car breaks down in Napa. Your truck? No, my Mini. Oh, okay. It, uh, I decided to drive it that day. Yeah. And it was fun. The way there was awesome. I was so glad I did. Right. That's a fun drive. And then uh, I went up over Trinity Road. Mm. Super windy, you know? And That's awesome. Yeah. It was so fun. Doing a car like that? Oh, it was rad. Yeah. Although I almost got killed by some jackass who came across the, the line and into my lane. Oh, dude. Like, you should, you should, without- you should have been before I was hunting. <laughs> This weekend, <laughs> holy crap! Really? Yeah, dude. I mean, I liked it straight up. It was like if free driving was a county. That's basically <laughs> where I was. Well, this person failed in their free driving because they almost killed me. And uh, anyways, I get, uh, I start to come home. I'm like one mile from my job, and the car breaks down, and so I have to call AAA. Well, guess how that goes? <laughs> <laughs> I call them, and. Because they're experiencing a, I'm going to have you guess. Do you think they're experiencing a higher or lower number of calls than they are typically used to at this time? Higher. 
Higher, <laughs> yes. I can't believe you got that. Higher than average number of calls coming in right now, which is just amazing because uh, every time I've ever called any, what do you call it, automated phone service, right. it's always higher than average, yeah. which mathematically does not make sense. Yes. But that's not, that's a story for another time. So instead of actually being able to talk to someone, what do I get to do? They send me a link so I can go on their website and report my whatever emergency I need through their fucking website. And, of course, I don't have good enough service to make it work. Right. And I can't get it to – And plus, like, just imagine putting your – I'm an hour away if driving fast. I'm however far away I am from the tow truck actually getting there, plus how much extra time it takes for a tow truck to take you to where you need to go, right? And I'm just going to trust that me like entering something into the website is going to work. Yeah. You know? So I I call back and I just ignore all the prompts and just I'm yelling operator into the phone and finally I get someone and they're they're really nice and they say, "Yeah, no problem. The tow truck will be there." And uh it says 45 minutes to an hour. So one hour after I make that call, I get a call and I can see on my caller ID that you it's... You still want that pizza? Napa. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking NY pie. <laughs> I just refreshed the screen. Your pizza's ready. <laughs> no, it's the fucking Napa Valley towing. And he's, the guy goes, yeah, well, it's going to be like 45 minutes to an hour before we can get there. They just, they told me it was going to be 45 minutes to an hour when I called. I was like, get what just popped up on our computer screen. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Of course it did. Because no one actually called you because we don't do that anymore. Everything is now so convenient. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier on the, like a few weeks ago on the podcast where I said, everything new sucks. Yes. All of this technology that we're supposedly blessed with, what has it really done for us? It's made everything less convenient. You have no idea if the things that you're doing online work because you're not talking to a person. Right. Uh, it's it's turned our kids into suicidal fucking... Automatons. Yeah. It, it's like it, everything is bad. The medical technology is killing us, right? And and being used against us. And only, just like in every situation, only there to make the people who came up with it more money. I'm envisioning it, you on the side of the road in Napa... Like, well, I got an hour to kill, and now you're just pacing back and forth, like, coming up with this. I was. And, dude, the, the tow truck driver was rad. Dude, this dude, Francis. He, and I was I was going through this rant with him, and he's like, oh, I know. Don't get me started. You know, he was like, he was such a cool dude. We just went through this with our car insurance. We had to switch over our car insurance. And I always, you know, I, I, always, I don't even remember what company that we went with. I'm like, oh, they have a, well, there's an office here. Because my wife was like, well, you can go on the website. I was like, nope. Nope, I'm just going to go down there in person saying, like, this is what I need. Here's my vehicles. Let's just do this. They go, okay, like, good. I got all your, all your information. Now, what we have to do is get on the website and then create an account or whatever. I'm like, can't you just do that? Like, no, you have to do that. Of course, I don't have enough reception in of course. the insurance lot. So I'm out in the parking lot of the insurance company's you know, commercial building <laughs> trying to make this work. And what I, I think I got, like, the usual, like, it makes me want to put my head through the wall, like, Sorry, this email account's already been used with the, with a different password and everything. And I, just, I remember calling my wife like, "You can do this, or we're just not gonna have insurance." But I'm done. Like this is uh, that, that I'm done here. Just let me know how much it costs or whatever. But I'm not doing this anymore. It's a fucking epidemic of 
it's and God, nothing highlighted it more than COVID. But there's this epidemic of people not giving a shit, not caring about their jobs, not wanting to do a good job or work yeah. anymore. And COVID gave everyone a, a green light to not work yeah. anymore. And so now the company, especially the the pajama class. Exactly. And so companies are like, great, we're just going to phase everyone out. They are getting a check from, I don't know, the government, I guess. So they're cool. And we're going to have everything be automated. So now everyone has to do their all the work that our employees used to do. We're just going to put that on the customer. That's why you always, it depends on how you're wired, though, which I think COVID was a great example. So we had the pajama class that people like, just work from home. Like, I, I can't work, like, me and my friends cannot work from home. Like we mm-hmm. have to produce something tangible and valuable at the end of the day. I know that's a completely foreign concept to you, but that just happens to be the career that I'm in. And that's why when you call whatever, the towing company, the headquarters or whatever, and they're just like, yeah, I don't know. We'll be there when we be there. But the actual driver shows up and yeah. he's like, yeah, it's ridiculous yeah. because he's used to, he has a job that he has to physically exactly. produce something tangible like every day. Speaking of people that are good at their jobs, I was going to tell you, right before we started, I was like, I'm going to run down the store and grab some beer real quick. Ran down the corner store. They have this new kid there. He's got to be 19 or 20, like this hipster kid. Um, really like him. Awesome guy. But he's like, part of why I like him is he's just, you can tell like he takes his job super seriously and he's mm-hmm. really just always cracking jokes and he just, everyone that comes through his line, he's super friendly with him and he's super fast. Like right off the bat, I'm like, I like this kid. Totally. Like, like he's awesome. <laughs> I just saw him there. I was getting his line. I was like, Oh yeah, I like this dude. So I'll get, I'll get in his line. And, um, he goes, uh, he's ringing me up and I'm kind of in a fog cause I was, isolated on the mountains for a couple of days and I had just been driving for six and a half hours, you know, basically rushed in here and we fired up the mics. We started podcasting and, uh, he goes, uh, watching the game. I was like, uh, I was like off caught off guard. I was like, uh, no, I, uh, no, he goes, Oh, not a fan. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't even know what sport you're talking about. To be honest with you. He goes, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I go, how's that again? He goes, well, everyone's been asking me all day, so I just figured I should ask you. <laughs> I started cracking up. I was like, dude, that is funny. <laughs> Way to pick up on the social cues. <laughs> I was like, man, I really like this kid. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you need uh, to be a little bit off in order to make it today. Yeah, you can tell he's got like, he's always got this weird little smirk on his face. I was like, I think he's just kind of, just a little tweaked enough where he can kind of like float through all the bullshit. All the people that were telling you to, uh, to work from home. Yeah. Like they don't realize that, do you know what working from home does for you? It drives you to kill yourself. Because you're not socializing with people anymore. That is really, is really there statistics important. that would back that up? <laughs> uh, there are. I was actually pouring through uh, gun statistics this morning because I wanted to talk about that, uh, that shit that's going down in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Uh, but before I do, I, there's something really serious that uh, I think we need to address. Um, Good, because I have some uh, shocking headlines that I want to share with you and get your thoughts on, too. Okay. 
was learning tonight that snack company Pocky is now pulling off its signature spicy chips from store shelves all across oh, the country. I heard about this. This is after a teenager in Massachusetts reportedly died, according to his family, while trying to complete the quote-unquote one-chip challenge. That's essentially where people like eat this like super spicy chip. They they take a video of it and then see how long they can not eat or. You notice how she kind of fell out of uh, right newscaster voice <laughs> right there <laughs> for a second. It's like super, super it's like a super spicy <laughs> chip. It just I don't know. It's like weird shit. Think afterwards. 14-year-old Harris Willibaugh's death is now being investigated by a medical examiner. I want to bring in Kristen Dahlgren. What do we know? It is not... I'm actually going to bring in our uh, expert on all things spicy, <laughs> uh, Matt. Yes. Can someone die from eating something that's too spicy? Uh, in the spicy industry, we would call no, not without a comorbidity. If oh, I could tie it back okay. into COVID. All right. All right. <laughs> back I, I to don't you guys. believe, Kristen, it's an official or formal recall, but the company is voluntarily pulling this. Do I have that right? Yeah, absolutely. So they're asking retailers now to remove it from the shelves. They are offering uh, a refund. Look, this is, you know, the self-proclaimed spiciest <laughs> chip in the world. It contains something <laughs> called Carolina <laughs> Reaper pepper, as well as Naga Viper pepper, which are among the, the spiciest peppers uh, known to man. Um, it comes in a coffin-shaped package. It is labeled very uh, clearly on the package that it's for adults only. It should be kept away from children. But we had earlier this week that 14-year-old in Massachusetts. His family says that he was at school. He tried to eat the chip. I started to get a stomach ache. He went to the nurse and was sent home. He felt a little bit better. And then ultimately he passed out and couldn't be revived. There also were six children that we learned about today in an elementary school in Florida. Uh, a dad says that his daughter brought the chip to school and the six children got sick. Uh, one of them just wiped their eyes and had a problem and another one tried <laughs> to eat it. And so there was a big concern there. So Pocky saying that they're pulling uh, the chip from. Oh, I'm going to pack my hunting stuff back up <laughs> and uh, I'll see you next week. I'm uh, I'm not a medical expert, but uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and make the uh, Liberty tree prediction here. Or actually I'm just going to assert the truth in this case is that the kid did not die from eating this chip. Mm -hmm. The little kids whose eyes were watering because they rubbed the spiciness into their eyes. That did happen. Okay. Okay. But the kid that went home, took a nap, felt a little better, then couldn't be resuscitated, right. revived, that is not from eating this chip. Oh, really? Yes. Your old comorbidity. Yes. It could be a number of things. You know, he could have just died suddenly for all we know, but there is zero chance that actually happened. Dude, what is wrong with our culture? <laughs> uh, like, where the, do the I fact begin? this chip even exists. Like, who is this for? Like, I love spicy food. Spicier the better. Like, yeah. I probably enjoy spice more than anyone that I know. Yeah. I mean, I have entire beds of peppers, yeah. the Liberty Tree hot sauce that I make all the time. I have Carolina Reapers and ghost peppers and habaneros, like as spicy as I can get it. Like, I love it. Right. But it's got to have some, like, flavor, too, because I, at the same time, I hate the whole frat boy kind of culture of it, or, like, Dave's and Sandy sauce. Like, all it is is spice. There's no flavor. That's yeah. that's what this represents. It's like... Right. The the dare food culture. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's cool, though, I think. I mean, the packaging is a fucking coffin. 
That's amazing. It comes with one chip inside. <laughs> I actually saw those at the store the other day. <laughs> Interesting. Dude, you should have bought one. Not to eat. Just one to child wiped his eyes and uh, had some problems there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did he? <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of expect that. They're fucking Carolina Reaper peppers. <laughs> um, and then it ends up as a news story. It's kind of interesting. We also can't. Uh, we can't pass this story up. Um, this is brought <laughs> yeah. to our attention by James, I believe. Uh, Melbourne man jailed for raping mask intruder in home. You heard about this, right? I did. So Clay Holland has been sentenced for overpowering and raping another man who forced his way into a unit. A Melbourne man who overpowered and raped an intruder will spend at least four years in prison. Clay Holland, 32, faced the Supreme Court of Victoria on Tuesday where he was sentenced to eight years imprisonment with a non-parole period of four years and ten months. Holland's victim, Shane Cox, had broken into a unit in Melton in Melbourne's West in March 2021, armed with a knife and wearing a mask when he had asked for money and drugs. Cox, 36, who was high on methamphetamine, was overpowered by Holland, who was a guest at the home. Wow. Was it in his house? No, it wasn't even his house. Cox was beaten with a baseball bat and was incapacitated on the floor where Holland then raped him. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Dude, that is next level home defense. Well, and they also, he also killed him and then left him there under a pile of blankets and they didn't find his body until later. Really? Yeah. So here's the problem, just speaking from a strictly legal perspective for yes. this thing, okay. is that... Good, I was hoping um, we could get your uh, legal authority on this. Right, so... Especially, because uh, your specialty is Australian uh, law. Uh, uh, Australian yeah. standard ground laws. Yeah. Is that technically this would have fallen uh, to be legal to beat someone in the bat and then mm -hmm. rape them in the house if under the... Australian standard ground law. Ah. However, as him not the primary owner of the residence, it wasn't his house. We're in a bit of a gray area here. So I that's see. We're, we're looking at a tough defense here for Mr. Cox. I so see. This will be uh, this will be interesting to follow from a legal perspective. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to keep a close eye on this. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of anything like this before? <laughs> uh, no. Well, then you never ever heard the story of the salon owner in Russia uh, who. <clears throat> beat up a robber that came into her store, tied him up, and held him for three days as a sex slave. Okay. Who's the victim again in this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not too hard on the eyes. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this one to you. A 32-year-old man called Victor Jasinski <clears throat> broke in one night into a hair salon in the town of Meshkovesk wearing a, waving a pistol and demanding money. Little did he know that the hair salon owner was a 28-year-old lady called Olga Zajek, who had a black belt in karate. When Victor tried to take her money, Olga took him by surprise, punched him in the chest, flipping him onto the ground. Victor became semi-unconscious. Olga bound and gagged the robber with a hairdryer cord and dragged him into the back room that was empty. Dude, buckle your seatbelt. This is fucking crazy. She oh then stripped God. him naked and handcuffed him to a radiator. For the next three days, Olga force-fed the robber with Viagra and repeatedly raped him. After three days of unrelenting sex <laughs> slavery, Victor was, quote, squeezed like a lemon. 
When she released him, Victor went straight to the hospital to receive treatment for his tired out and swollen testicles. Then he went to the police to file a complaint, asking that Olga be criminally charged for raping him. He told the police he was force-fed nothing but Viagra for three days and used as a sex slave to, quote, teach him a lesson. When, <laughs> when police arrived to question Zajek, she said, what a bastard. Yes, we had sex a couple of times, but I bought him new jeans, gave him food, and even gave him a thousand rubles. <laughs> he left. This is the oddest story I've ever heard. This lady became like a folk hero uh, on Facebook. And for those of you just listening, she is very easy on the eyes, too, yeah. by the way. I know, I know. That's why she's like, what a bastard. <laughs> Blaming that guy. Lucky that guy know, is. Being a puss. <laughs> so apparently this is well-worn territory. So any of you criminals out there listening, just uh, careful. You might get what you're... I'm going to try to... Just desserts. I don't are. think I can beat that headline. Okay. But I found this guy. All right. Portland and Frank impersonating drag queen trans activists arrested for murder in Virginia. Wow. <laughs> so try, let's do that some, is an action-packed headline. <laughs> yeah, so let's do some math here. Let's do some math here. Drag queen, trans activist, and Frank impersonator just murdered someone in across the country from where the they're other from. Other side of the country. <laughs> the other side of the country. Yeah. So this made me think of like a couple different things. Here we played uh, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Mm-hmm. And over Nirvana's Teen Spirit, mm-hmm. we're like, you know, I'm neither here nor there on either one of those songs. You put that together, pretty amazing. Yeah. So this could be kind of one of those scenes because if you, I'm, I'm going to assume that you're kind of in the same boat as me. If someone goes, you want to go to a dry queen show? I'm like, no, not really. Not my thing. Um, you know, but if you want to, you know, whatever blows your hair back, you do you. I'll do me. But... If you said, do you want to go to uh, an Anne Frank impersonation show down at the local cafe? I'm like, no. I mean, just given what I know about those circumstances, it seems pretty slow-paced, right? Like, <laughs> didn't, didn't she just hide in the attic for several years? Yeah. I think there's a play written about it. But then possibly if you put those two things together, like the Rick Astley Nirvana thing, you're like, okay, like, it could be a thing going on. But it uh-huh. also could go the other way, right? Because this one... We got several ingredients in the stew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like there could be like too much going on. Well, I mean, if you had asked me, do you want to go to a uh, trans Anne Frank impersonator <laughs> show down the street? I would say no, because I am literally a transphobe. They scare me. <laughs> I am phobic of trans people. And I would have been right in this case because that person turned out to be a fucking murderer. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. So, because the way I thought, okay, okay, we're going to back up. We're going to be skipping around a lot today. Is we talked about the spectrum when you get so far out on the fringes of the spectrum, they almost start to bend around. Mm -hmm. They start to get things in common. Yep. Like a Venn diagram, which is just the one circle. It's either one or three. One circle Venn diagram, right? And the the parallel that we always use for that is like where we grew up. It's like, you know, real, actual, true rednecks. Real actual true hippies are almost the same people. Mm-hmm. Just one group of them keeps their hair a little shorter than the other. That's it. That's but, it. But but what else? What else do we have? It's like a relenting work ethic, homesteading, uh, vested interest in the health of the land, the watershed, the soil, mm-hmm. uh, knowledgeable in animals, 
distrust of authority and the government, want people off their land, believe in a strong local economy, mm-hmm. whether it's just for relationships or work or where their money goes. Distrust. I was like, they're almost the yeah. same people. Big ag, big pharma, distrustful right. of all the same stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Likely to homeschool their kids. Right. So I also thought that this is this this Portland and Frank impersonating drag queen trans activist who just murdered someone in Virginia. It's getting so far out in the fringe that I figured, because if you and I are walking down the street and uh, uh, let's find something to do, and they're like, hey, well, you know, Buster's Bar and Grill, it's got a drag queen show. I'm like, nah, we're going to, we'll go somewhere else. It's got a Anne Frank impersonator there. No. Well, they have a drag queen and Frank impersonator. I was like, <laughs> I want to check that out because it's getting so it be- as someone who's on the fringe like musically and with movies but who listens to primary like grindcore and obscure Swedish black and hardcore bands and like things get so bizarre I'm like I, just, I almost want to like check that out totally so you would think about that how but like if you went to that show like it might be the most bizarre thing you've ever seen or it might be a complete train wreck. And I thought of it like, yeah, if you get like too many, because we have activist, drag queen, murderer, and Frank impersonators. Like, is it one of those things that's like too many kind of ingredients in the stew? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like when your kid gets a little older and they're like, I'm going to cook dinner tonight. And you're like, oh boy. But out loud you go, like, yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> Cause you want to, you know, encourage, you know, the family like behavior. Yeah. And then you're watching, right? Okay, well, I make pasta. I got the pre-made pasta sauce, a little garlic. We'll peel off those later. And some onions, some <laughs> celery, some carrot, a little cumin, a little rooted pepper flakes, and a little coriander, a little celery salt, a little, you know, the tarragon and bay leaves and everything. You're just washing it from the back. Like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, boy. I'm like, let's make it a cream sauce. We got some, uh, tartar, some uh, hazelnut coffee mate there. And that'll <laughs> offset the dry mustard I just put in. And <laughs> it just goes. And you have to sit there and, and eat it and go like, mmm, mmm, mmm. That's a complex flavor profile. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I got a big day tomorrow. I'm going to finish the rest of this, my truck. I got to make sure that my uh, insurance cards are up to date. And <laughs> thank you so much for all your hard work. Or it could be one of those Rick Astley Nirvana moments. Like, yeah. It's, it's, all these things kind of come together. Because be coming out that the drag queen kind of came out. I'm assuming, yeah, it looks like a guy comes out like, "How's everyone doing? I'm Anne Frank," <laughs> like dancing around, and then it'd be like a bunch of like normal working Joes, like we should probably check this out. And we're like, <laughs> "Dude, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen." As I say before, like you feel like that you're like outside your body because you have the most. Like, have you ever been to a drag queen show? Oh, yeah. Just constant, over-the-top, over-sexualized, yeah. like, sensory in your face, which I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of diametrically opposed from what we know about Anne Frank. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, we don't know much, but, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't recall hearing much about her wild nights. <laughs> yes. Or dance moves. Yeah. You're right. No, I think the thing is, is that it's either going to have some magic to it uh, that you couldn't predict, or it's just going to be like that dish that your kid made just god awful. And uh, 
I would check it out if it was within walking distance of my house. There you go. Otherwise, <laughs> not happening. exist on a gradient. <laughs> How's everyone doing tonight? I know. I hope you're like me. I'm fabulous. I'm Anne Frank. <laughs> this next joke is crawled. <laughs> Diane Reed in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Good night. I'm off to Virginia to kill someone. <laughs> Remember to tip your server. So, yeah, is it just completely offensive? Like, she's just, like, a total uh, (laughs) (laughs) anti-Semite. Just making every terrible Jewish joke in the book. How many kinks can you roll into one person? (laughs) Dude, we need to look more into this. You got my interest fully peaked. I saw that. So, okay, dude, not to mention the the straight-up, like, motion sickness I experienced as I was coming off the mountain and I finally get into reception. This is the first piece of news that I saw. Where did you find that? Which I, okay, that's I saying. Your question is, like, dude, what are news sites? Are you <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. On, si- on Saturday, Michael Horowitz was arrested after fatally, fatally stabbing his father. Oh, dude, killed his dad. Dr. Abby Horowitz at their home in Virginia Beach. The 34-year-old who identifies as a transgender woman goes by the name Nora. His dad's name is Abby? Dr. Abby Horowitz. Okay. I guess oh, that could oh be his name. There's a video, and I'm not clicking on that. Come on. You're on your wife's computer. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it sounds like this is from the Ian Frank show. <laughs> That doesn't look a whole lot like Anne Frank. I got to be honest with you. All we have is her diary. No one knows what she looked like. Uh, right, right. Anyway, uh, I just want to yeah. kind of bring you, bring you up to speed. Appreciate with yeah, the current you, events. I have been out of the loop. Um, <laughs> thank you for bringing me back up to speed. Um, did you notice a lot of, uh, uh, speaking of bigotry, um, did you notice a lot of Mexican flags? on trucks when you came back into town? Mm, no. This is, well, I got in a fight but with my there, wife. But there was night. something uh, Mexican-esque going on because I stopped halfway between here and there's a breakfast spot that I hit up and it was, and people were partying. It's a Mexican place. Yeah. yeah so it seemed I, like there was something going on. I think it's Mexican Independence Day. I'll just, this has been my... Uh, my my, what I've been supposing since I've been driving around, seeing all these Mexican flags all over the place. Yep, September sixteenth. So I I was starting to think like, why would you, if you're living in America, mm-hmm. you because you've left Mexico presumably to come to a place that is better than the place that you left, right? Common sense would dictate that. Yes. Okay. And if that's the case, this place is rad. Want to check out that other bar across the street? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Why are you celebrating the independence of your, the country that you left? Like if it was your wife who is Mexican. Yes. (laughs) I'm kind of doing the math here. We got in a fight before I could even get to my point though, because I, my question was like, so what is, why would you celebrate Mexican independence in the first place? 
Like, what is so great about, even if you're in Mexico, what is so great about Mexican independence? Mm-hmm. Is Mexico a, is better off now that they're not being ruled by Spain? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mexico sucks. Mexico's basically a socialist country that is economy is terrible. They, uh, their, their dollar just, or the, the pesos continually loses value over and over again. They're totally overrun by, uh, drug cartels. It's a violent place. Now they have nice beaches, I guess, but it's a shitty country compared to the place that a lot of people came to have a better life. They also have a very palpable, insane racial caste system. Yep. It's pretty wild. Because my my ex-wife, her old family, was, you know, they were from Mexico. Yes. And uh they used to tell yeah, me no shortage of racism. Yeah, in we used to go down there like, you want to see some crazy racism? Wait till we go to Mexico. And then I've been there, I don't know, 10, 12 times. I was like, wow. It's, it's between the light skinned uh Spanish people and the darker, what do they call them? The mestizos? I can't remember what the uh, that would be yeah, like the more Indio, like the yeah, mixed, yeah. which I mean, me- mestizo, mestizo I think means uh, mixed, which you know technically right. everyone that lives in Mexico is we're all brothers is mixed. <laughs> uh, when my wife did the the DNA test that you do to find your heritage, mm-hmm. she was exactly fifty percent. She was the Golden State Killer, Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> She was my deep dive. That's gonna do. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Connor. That uh, fucking guy, the Golden State Killer, one of the gnarliest serial killers. Talk about a screw loose. And I've got, as you can see behind me, set like multiple books on serial killers. Yeah, that guy. Yes, or girl. Girl turns out it's my wife. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Um, she anyway. She's fifty percent European, fifty percent Native American, right down the middle. Like, really? Yeah. You're like textbook Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, uh, yeah, and it's a polluted place, right? It's just it's dirty. It's like it, Mexico has a lot of problems. Yeah. So celebrating independence to me, it's like what is it that you're celebrating? Just the fact that you no longer are ruled by a king? Like, well. So what? Like, is it really that great? And I, you know, you could maybe make that same argument for the United States too. What are you actually celebrating when you celebrate independence? We are better than England. I, I <laughs> firmly agree with you. You didn't get to that part, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were already fighting by this point. Um, and then like to leave and go get a better life somewhere. Yeah. To me, it's like good for you. <clears throat> I don't blame you. Yeah. I would do the exact same thing if I were in your shoes, and. My wife's family who have done that, like her dad specifically, he and I have had conversations like this, like is one of the greatest Americans yeah. I know. He yeah. appreciates America more yeah. than a lot of Americans appreciate her, America. Her dad is an amazing dude. Yeah. And so when I see people driving around with the Mexican flags on their trucks, I'm like, what are you doing? Like if you, if you think that Mexican independence is so great, then how come you're not there? Yeah. And why not? I, I'm trying to stop short of saying go back there, but <laughs> but I just don't. It's just insulting to me. It's like it's so you know. I get it. I would want to be here too if I were you. But now that you're here, you're just gonna be like, yay, Mexican independence. Like, mm-hmm. no fuck Mexico. That's fuck off. Go. That's it's a shithole. Celebrate your American, uh, your birth in America, your anniversary of being in America. Now. 
I will say this. I think that the people that have moved here probably miss Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they don't really want to be here. They wish they could be in Mexico with all of the safety and comfort and money that they have here. If right. they could have it both ways, they would. And so what they're probably doing is just celebrating Independence Day because it reminds them of something that they celebrated when they were back home. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, fine, I get it. But you wouldn't see me down in Mexico driving around with a huge American flag on my truck on July 4th. Like I would maybe celebrate that with a barbecue in my backyard or something. But so to it just s- seems so like in your face and just kind of rude to me. So to steel man your argument, uh, what about if someone's response to that was it's just a more of an homage to their heritage? So, cause like I'm that way, mm-hmm. like, uh, for example, my, my family's from Switzerland and Denmark and we're very much in touch with both, with the genealogy of that. Even, you know, we've gone back to Switzerland very, t- very many times mm-hmm. to, you know, go back to the town where my great, great grandfather was from. But I guess, yeah, I don't, I guess there's no <laughs> Swiss, uh, Swiss, uh, independence day. So I would feel the same way if people were driving around with Swiss flags on the backs of their trucks mm-hmm. and just being kind of flamboyant about it. I mean, I get it. Like, you want to celebrate where you came from yeah. and uh, your heritage and something that you feel is important to you, and I get that, but it just seems kind of just you're just rubbing it in, in people's faces that, yeah. you know, unnecessarily. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I guess the theme of today is just me becoming an old fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You here's, wanna... here's two back-to-back headlines. Okay, that, cool. Oh, I wanted to show you. <clears throat> They're both from NPR, so we're going to have some fun with this. All right. First one, this is December 24th, 2019. Companies face an uphill battle trying to get Americans to eat bugs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. July 19th, 2023. This right-wing conspiracy theory about eating bugs is about as racist as you think. Rough. Yeah, duh. It's obviously racist. <laughs> Which is so great because you put yourself in the minds of like the people that... It's like, I want to sit in the editing, the meeting with the editors, with the editor-in-chief sitting at the table, and they're talking about, like, what are we writing about today? And someone goes, like, hey, that first article that we put about eating bugs, it's, they're not buying it. And the guy just goes, call him racist. Like, I, this is not rocket science. Do it's I have to say thing. this at every, every meeting? Every time. Guys. Every time we do the same thing, you call them racist. It's on a huge banner on the wall here, all right? I'll just point at it from now on. I was like, we we need to, you, you need to get with it here because we need to use these meetings for, like, other things. Like, for example, <laughs> we just found two perfectly preserved, perfectly rigid, perfectly symmetrical mm-hmm look exactly like paper mache <laughs> statues <laughs> of aliens in Mexico. 3D, That's what we need to be talking about. 3D printed aliens in <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> and you're wondering if we should call the people that don't agree with us racist. Like, d- does that not seem like a waste of time to you? <laughs> Dude, look, if you're going to peddle the narrative of the globalist deep, deep state, you got to get your shit together. One more. Oh, I thought you were going into the story. No, I, was just I, don't, saying, I don't care about the story. How is that? Like, <laughs> the, uh, the push to get Americans to eat bugs is really facing some uh, uphill battles. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank well, thank well, Christ. Why, why would that be? What a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just, people just aren't just clamoring to eat bugs, despite that 
awesome video with Nicole Kidman choking them down. Mm. <laughs> it's like it's, it's me with my uh, kids, 40 Spice Pasta. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's good. Ooh, Ooh wow. the little legs Boy, in there. Really I'm tickled just, on the way I'm down. I'm just stuffed to have that big lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I had that big caterpillar. <laughs> that was one, yeah. That was one oh. hearty blood worm. I, I think oh, I'm, I'm good. good. I had like six praying mantises on the way over. I'm good. <laughs> All right, this breaks my heart. Real Genius. Do you know that movie, Real Genius? Of course. I was wondering if you did or not. Val Kilmer. One of the greatest movies I ever made. Yeah. And wasn't a huge success, but that, I think that was like one of the more, that was like one of the first major roles that Val Kilmer ever played. I remember seeing that as a kid. I'm like, dude, this, this is like one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie. Remember his sidekick, Mitch, his roommate? Mm. Yes. Real genius star Gabriel Jarrett accused of trying to meet a 14-year-old girl for sex in Santa Monica. Just got busted with an uh, undercover, underage sexting. Damn. Breaks my heart. Yeah. Because I, I, we, my brother and I, we can probably quote that entire movie start to finish. We, and the amount of times I've seen that movie. And we'd always talk about them all. Man, Val Kilmer is badass. But then he, go, he went on to go do Tombstone and Top Gun and right. I mean, become like one of the greatest American actors of all time. Yeah. We always wonder, like, what happened to Mitch? Mm. Another fine American actor off the rails. Went the way of uh, Edward Rooney. Who's that actor? Because he got busted for kiddie porn, I think. Edward Rooney, who's that? Uh, the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, really? Yeah. He was in Beetlejuice, too. Yeah. So apparently he got caught with kitty porn and to get off the hook, he agreed to help kind of try to bust other actors. Wow. And so he said that uh uh Pee Wee Herman, uh Paul Rubin Paul Rubens. Paul Rubin Rest in peace. Yes. Uh had kitty porn. And so they raided Paul Rubin's house. And all they could find was old, like, Americana, like, uh, sunscreen ads. Yeah. That was just, it was just Americana that he was collecting. He didn't have any right. kitty porn, but that was, yeah. He tried to throw him under the bus, thinking he would be an easy target, I guess. See, now I can't enjoy, he's in some of the greatest movies of all time. Now I can't watch those. I know. I'll be looking at that guy thinking, like, you're a snitch and a pedophile. Totally. And just not good. Yeah. I got to say, Gabriel Jarrett, his, uh, I don't know what your defense would be when you've been chatting with the feds online, thinking that they are a 14 year old girl to go hook up for sex. I mean, it's kind of indefensible as it is. Yeah. He was saying his defense was, uh, he was going to go, and I've seen this (laughs) on several different cases like this. I was going to go, uh, basically talked to her as an adult to tell her that, you know, she needed to change her ways. And yeah. And as to quote it, he's going to say, let her off easy. Mm. So that would be the defense. You're kind of painting it into a corner as it is. So I guess anything that comes out of your mouth is, <laughs> there's not a lot of things you can say. I was going to keep her from having sex. <laughs> no, you misunderstood. I didn't say have sex. I said, keep you from having sex. Sir, uh, these, this bear tag has expired. Yeah. Of course, I was coming up here to let the bear off easy. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> kind of talk him out of it. Like, listen, 
usually I do have a valid bear tag. Like, this is not where you want to be hanging out. Like, yeah. I, I would try, like, another... <laughs> I wouldn't even have brought my gun with me, and I, I didn't really mean to, but as soon as the bear saw it, he just stuck it right into his mouth and just begged me to pull the trigger. Uh, it really wasn't my fault. I tried to talk him out of it. Yeah, he wasn't having it. You know, we um, we missed saying anything about 9-11. Our last show came released yes. on 9-11. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we should have. It's funny because I've been, I ended up thinking of, <laughs> I was sitting on that mountain by myself all day. I was thinking about 9-11. Yeah. I was thinking about the, I was thinking mostly about the deep state and the mm-hmm. most closely related example of like how to explain the concept of the deep state. It's seen through the prism of 9-11. Yeah. In my mind. Uh, our engineer friend who wants to talk about 9-11. I um, thought about that too. He said he wouldn't have been comfortable doing it on around 9-11 just out of right. uh, sympathy for the victims of that day, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But that was a week ago, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now. Um, here's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Kind of on the along the same lines of when I asked, would is Mexico really all that much better off being independent from Mm -hmm. Spain? So the Afghan war basically started um, after the attack on 9-11, right? And several others, yeah. Um, And it was kind of our retaliation. The excuse was that we were retaliating for what happened, right? which is just ridiculous. Think about what an impoverished country it was that we would have any reason to be bombing anything in Afghanistan because of 9-11. Like, the two are basically not connected. Yeah. But I got to thinking. <laughs> not, not like 9-11 in Iraq? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, now Iraq, they had a coming. <laughs> According to 75% of Americans when we invaded them. <laughs> that's... Would Afghanistan be better off if the United States never intervened in the Afghan-Russian conflict. Because we basically defeated Russia. Via Afghanistan. Yeah, via the freedom fighters there in Afghanistan. Yeah. And had we not done that and the Russians were actually, like, able to colonize Afghanistan, would Afghanistan be better off? And would they have not then gone through 20 years of war with us after they kicked the Russians out? That's a good question. Just a what if that I've been kind of rolling around in my head. I think from what I know about Afghanistan now, almost anything would be better. I mean, it's basically, it's a feudal warlord state Yeah. at this point. Women are, I mean, you do not want to be a woman in Afghanistan. No. You were not a good roll of dice for or anywhere for that matter. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> so you guys got in a fight last night? <laughs> what you're saying? She just never lets me get to my point is the problem. We're uh, going to work on your delivery and staying on message. <laughs> Here's a couple of things that have struck me that, that have changed since 9-11. And it happened um, like, well, so pre-9-11... There was no 9-11 as an example of, like, what could happen. And when you watch old footage of uh, the news talking about when the planes hit the buildings in 9-11, 
um, when that first plane hit the building, everyone is like, huh, like that is just wild and just kind of, they can't understand, like it must have been an accident. There's zero chance that it was intentional. (laughs) One bad pilot. Yeah. (laughs) Just straight into the building. (laughs) And uh, then, you know, after that, like now today, if if someone tries to hijack a plane with me on it, mm-hmm. like th- either I die on the plane or they they don't hijack the plane. Yeah. And I think that's true for almost every red-blooded American mm-hmm. man. It's like we know now if the if a hijack is happening, like we're fucking yeah, we're fighting, right? But before, I don't know that I would have known that there was something even to do. Right, like I wouldn't be kicking in the door of the pilot of the cockpit, mm-hmm. but before nine eleven, and now I would be. Yeah, and it made me think about those people in Pennsylvania that did that. Uh, if that story is true, um, that they were pretty heroic in what they did because they had no uh, prior precedent to right. to lean on. They just said, "Let's roll." It purely off instinct. Yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking that like. I don't think America changed more rapidly maybe since the first shot was fired in Lexington in the Revolutionary War than it did in the time between when the first plane hit the building and that second plane hit the building. Yeah. Because it was like, it went from that accident thing where everyone's like, oh my God, what a terrible pilot to then the next plane, boom, and it was like. Yeah. Everyone talks about the second one. The like, world is okay, different. Something, something's going on. At that moment, like, the entire world that we've known, everything is different now. Yeah. In that, in that little short span of time. Like, I've been thinking about that. That's weird because, um, you know, sitting on a mountain just, like, thinking about stuff, you have, like, hours and hours and hours. I'm just, I have to sit here and wait, and they're going to hike up to the next ridge, hike up to the next ridge, and, and just... There's no music. There's no podcast and anything. But I was thinking about it. What originally began the conversation in my head was thinking about the notion of the deep state. And then because I'm one of the blessed percent of the population, I have an internal dialogue. It's like, how would you explain? There's people that I know that don't think the deep state exists. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's not a thing. It's not an organization. You don't get like an ID card. It's, it's a concept. So I was like, you, how would you break through to that person to explain like, oh, you think the deep state exists? And you're like, well, yeah, what it is, it's a bunch of things working in conjunction with each other, just like the cathedral is. It's the CIA, it's the um, DHS, it's the DOJ, it's, you know, it's our government, it's the heads of the military industrial complex. It's like this superseding power structure that sits above the people that we are sold to with the propaganda who are, you know, who were sold to be like, these are the people making the the decisions, right? <clears throat> so when you ask a dummy like that, like, who's in charge? Like, well, dude, Joe Biden and then Kamala Harris. And you're like, bless your little heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let's, cool. let's, 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 let's look at your argument though. It's like, so how do we get into, how do we get into these wars, Right. And that lasts through several presidential terms. And it just keeps going and going and going. The same narrative keeps going, right? 
How do we invade Iraq, George Bush, Obama, Trump, <laughs> and, it, it, you know, and on the Biden, like Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, like it's everything. So when you go like, if when people, when you tell people that and say like, well, what's your point? You go like, well, what I'm talking about, the perfect example is like the project for a new American century. Like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to invade seven countries in five years. And we did. It doesn't matter who the president is. Mm. This is like when I talk to people about presidential politics. I'm saying, I just, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I, I prefer to have someone like lucid and not in the stages of late <clears throat> stage dementia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just because it just looks bad as a country, but like, it does not matter. Like, these decisions are already being made, and it doesn't really matter who, well, the, who the president is. What more evidence do you need than the fact that we do have a late-stage dementia patient in the office, and when he says things that are, eyebrow quotes, wrong, mm-hmm. they correct the record for him. Yeah. Like when he said that the pandemic was over, and then they came out and they're like, <laughs> uh, the White House actually uh, would like to refine that statement and say that the, the, the pandemic is not over, um, but we are, you know, seeing some progress in that area or whatever. And you're like, what do you mean it's, the White House? The president just said it was over. And yeah. who, okay, so if he said that and now the White House is correcting it, who the fuck is the White House? What are you talking about? Who are these people? And it's obvious that Joe Biden is not doing shit. Because yeah. even when he screws up, they correct it. Yeah. And we don't know who they are. Nobody, none of us voted for they. That's why there's there's kind of part of me that's enjoying Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being president. They're both yeah, like so incompetent and so dim. Like, she's a fucking moron. Yeah. He used to be smart, and he was a cunning, vindictive cocksucker in you know entire life. Mm-hmm. All these people are saying, like, <laughs> dude, he's talking about white supremacy. I was like, this motherfucker wrote the 1994 fucking crime bill that disproportionately put fucking black people in prison for fucking decades. And now you're looking at him as this, like, racial savior? Like, give me a fucking break. But I almost enjoy it. I was like, it's so obvious. Like, he... Yeah. is just out like he can't put a sentence together anymore she's a fucking moron like you could wake me up out of a whiskey drunk stupor you're gonna debate kamala harris i'm like, cool tell me the topic i'm ready to go right like, I, would, I would have no fucking problem is it's the same thing why they talk about like another possible like lockdown or mask mandates or you know vaccine mandates come for kids i'm kind of like good do it because mm-hmm. I hope it just starts to wake some fucking people up. I, I think, think it I think will. It does every time. I think it will. I think that this new round that they're they keep flirting with. I guess Canada is doing it. Yeah, Canada's going lockdown. Yeah, like this week or Good. something. Good. Good. I know. Good. Better them than us. But I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of videos because you turned me on to that uh, Canada. Uh, uh, who is it on Instagram? True Canadian. Mm-hmm. I think it's called. True Blood Canadians. True Blood Canadians, yeah. And there's a lot of protesting going on mm-hmm. in Canada right now. Yeah. And Trudeau does not seem like a very liked individual up there. So I think you're right. I I go back to that. Remember when I said that one time that everyone knows that everything is fake? At some level, there's mm-hmm. this like subconscious feeling. Maybe for, for you and me, it's totally conscious, but... I'll, Bare minimum, everyone has a subconscious feeling that everything is fake. And that's why movies like The Matrix resonate with people so well. It's because in that movie, Neo, is it Neo or Nemo? Finding Nemo? I think Nemo's Neo. a whale. Okay. Uh, 
he wakes up to the reality. Where of are you asking Matrix. the wrong guy, by the way? <laughs> Called Jake. <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh my God, like, yes, that it's like totally. We all feel that. We've all been feeling like we've been living in this stupor. And everything just that adds to that or that that actually does lead to people waking up, and that's not a coincidence, is a complete threat and mm-hmm. totally uh uh, denied by our media and the powers that be. And it's why a guy like Trump, with all his faults, is so hated, even though he does a lot of their stupid, dirty work and without even realizing he's doing it. But he Operation is also speed. calling out... Exactly. He's call, also calling out all the... He's just kind of a bumbling idiot, right? And every once in a while, he gets shit totally right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they hate him is working against them yeah so much because he sees that and then he's calling them out and exposing it and everyone loves that people need that right now people want to be woken up and you're right like when they introduce more lockdowns and the more mass mandates it is going to wake more people up just like it did last time so bring it i got a star on my car and one on my chest a gun on my hip and the right to arrest I'm the guy who's a boss on this highway. So watch out what you're doing when you're driving my way. If you break the law, you'll hear from me. I know I'm a working for the state. I'm the highway patrol. Well, you'll know me when you see me because my door's painted white. With my siren screaming and my flashing red light. I work all day and I work all night. Just to keep it on. If I write you out a ticket, then you better drive slow. I'm just a doing my job on the highway patrol.